We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Go, you Redbirds! Go, you Redbirds! On the battle, fight for ISU! Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again, and welcome in. So glad you found us for another edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. My name is John Fitzgerald, and this week, we welcome in the new head coach for Redbird soccer, Marissa Kresge. Kresge, a former Redbird assistant, makes a return to Illinois State this fall after spending the last five years as the recruiting coordinator at the University of Wisconsin. But first, let's catch you up on some of the latest news and notes in Redbird Athletics. And congratulations are in order for Director of Athletics Kyle Brennan, who received a three-year contract extension last week. Brennan's extension will keep him at the helm of the Illinois State Athletic Department through June of 2027. Senior men's golfer Parker Wisdom is qualified for the 122nd U.S. Amateur Golf Championship later this month in Paramus, New Jersey. The Bloomington native, who finished third at the Illinois State Amateur Championship last month, will open tournament play on August 15th. Illinois State head cross-country and track and field coach Jeff Bovey has finalized his assistant coaching staff for the upcoming seasons. Denara Jones will serve as the horizontal jumps coach. Molly Dalton will tutor the distance runners, and Phil Hall has been named as the Redbirds' Director of Operations. The 127th season of Redbird football kicks off on Saturday night, September 3rd, 
when Brock's Backs Club invades Camp Randall Stadium in Madison for a matchup with the Wisconsin Badgers. The Weisbacher Athletic Fund has put together a fan bus that includes transportation to and from the game, lunch, and a complimentary game ticket for only $125. Space is limited to the first 50 fans who sign up. You can register online at GoRedbirds.com or call Aiden Hartman in the Athletic Department at area code 309-438-2752. When we come back, our conversation with new Redbird soccer head coach Marissa Kresge, as In the Nest, continues right after this timeout. Head coach Brock Spack and the Illinois State football team are ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Starting at just $50, season tickets are now on sale. Come out and support this season and lock your seats in for all six home contests. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Ticket Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000. Welcome back to In the Nest. Our guest this week, the new Illinois State head soccer coach, Marissa Kresge, and coach hired in May of this past year after five years at your alma mater, the University of Wisconsin. How really in the last few months has the transition been and taking over the head job? It's been a lot, um, but it's been awesome so far. I'm happy to have my staff together finally on campus um, for the last two and a half weeks. So that's been a lot easier with the transition than the first month kind of heading it on myself but it's been good ready to kick off the season on Monday so looking forward to getting on the field with the players. As you mentioned that's right around the corner now you finished your decorated career at the University of Wisconsin but you're no stranger to Bloomington Normal in Illinois State joined the coaching ranks right after graduation in 2016 was an assistant coach for the Redbirds that first year your first year in coaching won a Missouri Valley Conference title, went to the second round of the NCAA. Is that really where you started to mature into the coaching realm? Um, So that was my first collegiate opportunity after graduation. Eric Goals invited me on his staff, um, which got my foot in the door, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, But throughout college, I actually coached in the club ranks. I had a couple youth teams throughout my playing days. tore my ACL going into my freshman year at Maryland. And when I was coming back throughout the recovery process, I started helping out with a U11, U12 girls team. And that's kind of when I first started getting involved. And then from there, did summer camps every year. And then when I transferred to Wisconsin, I took over two club teams. And I had them for two years while I was there and then wanted to coach ever since. So the one year in Bloomington Normal that was, as we mentioned, utterly successful. Then you moved back to your alma mater, five years at the University of Wisconsin, four NCAA tournaments, three Sweet 16 appearances. You won a Big Ten crown. Those five years, obviously, a ton of success as you went forward. But what were some of the lessons you learned from a coaching standpoint? Um, One of the biggest things that I took away was player management from my head coach. I thought she did a really good job of managing players individually, managing the team and the the performance environment off the field. Um, Thought that we went through some ups and downs, but obviously we kept building each year and we became more and more consistent with our performance. So we finished higher um, within rankings and, and we had some success. So I think player management and just watching it on a daily basis and and how she interacted with players and how we built relationships as a staff with the team um, was one of the biggest things that I took away from my time at Wisconsin. Also during that time as an assistant coach with the Badgers, you were the recruiting coordinator. 
as a young assistant coach at a power five institution, recruiting student athletes pretty much coast to coast, if not even internationally, that had to be a baptism by fire a little bit from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, when I um, got the job, I was told that I was going to be in charge of recruiting. And I asked, what do you need? And it was really kind of make your own. And so what I do now is is what I learned on my own. I asked some questions. I tried to build relationships throughout the country, kind of prioritize the Midwest at first. And then we started to expand outside of our region. One, because we had more success as a program. And then two, we just started developing those relationships outside with outside coaches. Um, I grew up in Maryland. So I had some East Coast connections. We got a couple players to come in in 21 and 22 from from the East Coast. Um, And from there, we just sort of expanded. But it was it was learning, learning curve for sure. um, In the beginning, trying to figure it out, what worked best, how to build those relationships, how to get players into Wisconsin. The way college athletics and recruiting specifically have gone over the last, I'd say, five or 10 years is really the term earlier and earlier from a recruiting standpoint, that's also a different dynamic because you're trying to project what your needs are going to be sometimes two, three years out. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially in the girls' youth game. Um, there's been some recruiting rules recently that have changed to prevent early commitments and prevent um, from college coaches talking to eighth graders and ninth graders. So now we have to wait until June 15th going into their junior year, which I think is more appropriate. Um, But it really changed the recruiting realm because we would spend a long time developing relationships with players over the phone. We would talk to them. We would get to know them. They would get to know us. Um, And I think that's why a lot of players ended up committing to Wisconsin because we built those relationships over time with them. Um, And then when all that changed, we had to find a different way to still do it, but more on an accelerated timeline almost because we didn't have a year and a half, two years to, to do it. It was more, okay, we have, we've seen these players play now for two years. Now we can finally talk to them. How do we build that relationship quickly? How do we show them what we can provide them at Wisconsin? Now, because the t- you're the time there that you spent those five years, incredibly successful with those four NCAA tournament bursts, you're maturing as an assistant coach at the collegiate level. And as you're going forward, obviously getting an itch to potentially become a head coach at some point, why now? Why Illinois State? Um, Well, for my time here, when I went back to Wisconsin after 2016, I thought that we had one of the most successful programs in we had one of the most successful seasons in program history. Um, so it was really cool to see the success here. I thought the resources um, were, were awesome. I thought the town was great, college town. Um, and looking back at it, I said if this job ever became available, I wanted it. I wanted to apply and see if I could become the head coach here. Um, while I was at Wisconsin, I was looking at other jobs a little bit. Um, some people reached out, but the biggest things for me were, can I find a recruiting niche to get players here? Do I think I can be successful? And what does the administration look like? Um, so when I got the inter- opportunity to interview here, um, I knew that I could recruit here because of the town, the facilities, um, that the support that administration has for athletics um, with some of the sports sites and um, 
just academic support and the new indoor facility and things like that, you can get players to come to the school because they're they're supported here um, in different realms, not only on the field, but in the classroom. And then um, from meeting the administration and just talking to them about their vision and what they wanted from the program and from the university as a whole, I thought that's something I want to buy into. That's what I want to be a part of. I want to get it back to a winning program. I think we can be at the top of the valley. I think that we can be one of the best programs in the Midwest and be competitive with some of the the Big Ten teams around um, and some of the other top mid-major programs as well. I think we're in a good spot. It's funny, we were talking before we started taping this interview and both of us have previous experience here at Illinois State. But as you go forward and look at this, I noticed it during my interview process over the last couple of months, the energy, the vision is obviously very detailed, very exciting, but the energy around campus for athletics is something that's really palpable right now. It is. It's huge. It's um, People are excited. People want to support the athletic community, um, and I think that's also a huge draw to why you can be successful here, um, just because not only the student support on campus, um, but you have the community who wants to be a part of it, and it's such a supportive town. Um, and I think that is probably exciting, probably the most exciting part about it, um, to have those people involved in the program, to have that support within the game and create that environment. Who wouldn't want to play in that? It'll be fun. <laughs> Obviously, the very early stages of practice right now for you guys. And you talked over the last two and a half weeks that your assistant coaching staff is now here on campus with you, which is making things a little bit easier. But talk a little bit about how you went about putting together your assistant coaching staff and highlight some of those people. So I actually had the opportunity to coach Ree, who's our one of our assistants right now. Um, back in 2016, it was her fifth year. Um, so when I was in the program, I had the opportunity to work with her as a player. Um, and she was currently on the previous staff. And I said that I wanted to interview her, um, see what she could bring to the table, see what viewpoint she had, what she thought the program needed. And we went through that interview process along with um, opening it up to the entire country for people to apply. Um, I posted it on the NCAA website and we had a lot of really good applicants. Um, but one of the one of the things I asked in the interview process that I think is one of the most important is making sure that we see the game tactically in the same way because if we're on the same page now we can communicate the language to the players um, and they'll get that consistent message from all all members of our staff so I had them do a game analysis to see okay can you break down this game can you tell me present it like you would to a player what are the four moments show me what clips you think are successful what clips are not successful what do we need to improve upon and really go into detail of if I'm a player and I don't know that much, how do you want to play? What are you looking for in these clips? Explain it to me. So I went through that assignment with um, a couple people. I heard them, and I thought that Ree and then Riley, who is our other assistant, did a really good job with it. We were on the same page. We have some different little nuances that vary a little bit, but overall using the same language, see the same things within different moments. So I thought that our staff, from a game analysis standpoint, we'll be able to build our program and provide that organization and the structure to the players a lot faster because we're on that same page. It won't be a conflict. Um, they'll get that consistent message. So 
it was fun going through that interview process and then seeing what other aspects they could bring to the program. Um, Rhee's obviously a female and Rhee's a little bit younger than I am, so I think that she'll be really good at developing the relationships with the players. I think she already did that in her previous role, so having her to bridge that gap with the new staff that's coming in um, will be massive. And then Riley, he um, has a lot of experience at different levels in the game. He was originally on the men's side, then went to Pitt for three years. Worked in the ACC, saw it at a high level, um, went to St. Francis, understands it at a smaller school, um, and has uh, a lot of experience within the club game as well. So I thought he would bring different viewpoints that maybe I'm missing and kind of make up for some of those deficits. So I thought we had a really well-balanced staff. They have really good energy, um, so I'm excited to work with them and see what we can do this year. Talked about the fact that you were named head coach back in late May. I think probably a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that gives you a few months to get settled, and then practice will start in early August. The fact of the matter is May 24th, you were probably out recruiting for the upcoming seasons. How has recruiting gone, and what are your priorities from a recruiting standpoint? Not necessarily position-specific, but more is, is Illinois, is Central Illinois, is the Midwest still the number one priority for you? Yeah, so I actually flew out on Thursday after getting the job to head to ECNL, New Jersey and and watch players play at PDA. Um, so it was really a quick turnaround to get on the road. Um, that was my number one priority um, for that weekend in May. And then all throughout June, I was on the road, I think, over 20 days, um, flying to different places, trying to watch players play, just get out there to see what there was for 2023, but also 2024 because June 15th was around the corner. So building that base, I had an advantage because I spent the last five years at Wisconsin. So I know players in the Midwest um, and I kind of had an idea of a list of who I wanted to go after if I were to get the job um, prior, prior to accepting it. So I had a somewhat of a recruiting base already. Um, and then looking at it was, okay, how can I redevelop these relationships with smaller clubs that maybe I wasn't um, as well connected with in Illinois specifically? Um, that's a huge priority for us, keeping the best kids in Illinois, getting them to come to Illinois State, having them help shape the program and change it back to the winning ways we once had. Um, and so looking at the, the states that surround Illinois, getting out to those clubs, talking to those coaches, getting in contact with players, just putting our name out there is a huge priority. And like I said, I want to keep the best kids in the Midwest and get them to come to Illinois State and, and say you can be a part of building this back to what it was. Um, and I think that's an exciting opportun opportunity for players to have. Program, as you mentioned, coming off a couple of sub-500 years, now you go from the Big Ten as an assistant coach into the Missouri Valley Conference. How strong is the Missouri Valley, and what are some of your expectations from a conference strength schedule? Um, the Missouri Valley is uh, a very competitive conference. Um, obviously, throughout the years, we've seen the Illinois State dominate for a while, and then you saw Loyola Chicago come up and win the double, I think, for four years in a row. So they posed a problem. Now that they're out and going to the A-10, we welcome in three new teams who all have some success. UIC is more of a newer program, um, but I know he, the head coach there is a former Big Ten associate head coach, so he has, he'll get them tactically organized, so I'm excited to play him this year. And then I know Belmont had some success in the OVC, along with Murray State, who has won the OVC as well. Um, so we're adding in three really strong teams, which increases the strength of our conference, and I think that's great from an overall perspective. Um, the, the returning teams in the MVC, they've 
they've done well. Um, I've watched specifically Drake last year. They played Kansas, and I think they either they took them to double overtime and, and they ended up tying the game. So they have a great program. I'm excited to play them. We play them on the road. That'll be a hard game for us. Um, and just overall, I think our conference is in a really good spot to – be competitive and I don't think there'll be much discrepancy from the top to bottom this year and I'm excited to see what it looks like moving forward. I would assume that you inherited the vast majority of the 2022 schedule that was already completed when you took over in late May but as moving forward what are your thoughts from a schedule standpoint it's always a really delicate balance to kind of challenge your team against upper tier competition while also making sure that they're successful and remain confident in the non-conference prior to conference play. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I'm going through right now for 2023 and 2024. Um, I've had a lot of interest from a lot of other schools. I put something out on the listserv to see who would be interested in playing games. Um, like I said earlier with recruiting-wise, I want to recruit players who can go to a Power 5 program and can play, but they might want a different experience if they come to Illinois State. They could potentially be a four-year starter instead of be a walk-on or, or something like that. So I want to put those players, if we can get them to Illinois State, in the environment to show them that they are that good and they can compete with the Big Ten teams. Um, so looking to add some Big Ten teams to our schedule, looking to add some A-10 teams to our schedule. We have SLU in 2023. We'll go play them at their place. They'll return to us in 24, so that'll be a competitive game. We have Cincinnati in 23, um, who will go and play, and they've done really well in their conference as well, so that'll be competitive. Um, so finding the balance between putting our players in these environments where they can really test themselves, but also knowing that we can get some results at the end. Um, it'll be a learning curve for 23 because that'll be our first class that we're able to bring in. Um, but I'm excited for it. I want to challenge our, our team and our program. Um, and I think it's only going to help us grow for the future and put us in a really good spot to establish ourselves in the Midwest and the Missouri Valley. Talked about the fact that you'll play two exhibition games this fall. The exhibition opener is next Monday, August 8th. You'll take on SIU Edwardsville here at 6 o'clock at Adelaide Street Field. And then you open at Illinois in the regular season. And the home opener is Sunday, August 21st against Eastern Michigan. For fans who are planning on coming out this year or fans you're trying to get to come out, talk a little bit about style of play and what people in the stands can kind of expect from a Marissa Kresge coach ball club. Um, well, biggest thing for me, style of play, that I think we can make some some pretty big gains this year. I Organization and structure are going to be my biggest priorities for this fall. I think if we become more organized and structured with the way that we want to play, if we know that these are our roles and our responsibilities, this is how we want to advance forward as a team, um, now the players are going to be more likely to be successful. What goes into that for me is details. Um, so are we effective? Can we break lines of pressure when possible? So are our hips facing forward? Can we push our first touch into space? Do I identify where the pressure is coming from, where our teammates are? Um, if we can do those details well of being aware, um, we'll be able to be effective. And then defensively, Knowing our roles, knowing our responsibilities, having that organization, making it hard for the opponent to break us down because we are structured, we are compact, um, we do we do go together. So if we press, now all our players, we're recognizing the ball went backwards, okay, everybody's stepping up to close down space. It's not going to be this big stretched out game. Um, I want it to be very organized with, what, with how we play, um, and I want 
our team to build upon each performance. So when we play SIUE on the 8th, um, and then when we play our last game against Missouri State at home in October, I think it's the 23rd, um, people will see us building on each performance and they'll see that organization throughout the season. Um, but hopefully towards the end, we become more effective and it translates to results for us. That first exhibition game lands roughly eight or nine days after your first practice, I believe. So as you go through this as a new coach with a roster set, outside of watching film of years past, especially last fall, how do you even begin to game plan without, to a certain extent, rolling the ball out there and saying, let's see what you've got? From a planning standpoint, it's got to be very difficult. And over those first few weeks, and put a high priority on those exhibition games to really get a feel for your personnel, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll be a huge challenge. Um, so looking at the roster, one of my concerns coming into this job was there were 14 players who had roster turnover, whether they be seniors who graduated who didn't return for a fifth year or they transferred out of the program. So looking at the spring season, I watched a couple spring games, but obviously there's Every spring season has its challenges. You don't really know the environment. You're thrown into games, things like that. Um, and they had a pretty small roster. So looking at this, um, looking at the players who returned from the fall season, there's not much experience on our roster. I believe we returned four starters. Everybody else does not really have significant minutes in, in the college game, which creates a great opportunity for them. Um, nothing set. It's not going to be the way it was previous because they don't have the experience. So I think that's really exciting for them. Um, I don't know what they look like. Um, I've, I watched a lot of spring film. That's why I think the organization and the structure for me will be the biggest things, um, along with implementing those details of this is how we want our body shape to be. This is where we want to play. Um, checking our shoulder, being aware. Um, so on August 2nd, when we can actually play, we're playing three sets of 11 v 11. I'll change the shape for them every single time, put them in different formations, put them with different players, see where they can play. Um, when I did my introduction phone calls with each of them and started doing individual meetings, I'm like, what's your skill set? What do you think you're really good at? Um, if I watch you play on day one, what are you going to bring to the table? What's your best position? And then what's something you like to improve upon this fall? See your game grow in. Um, and so that was a good starting point for me. Um, now on my board today, I actually wrote out all the positions they think they can play in a um, couple different shapes. So we'll see what day one or day two of preseason looks like in terms of 11 v 11. And then from there, we'll keep building on it and it'll be a constant um, process of, okay, we're going to put these players together. We're going to try this shape. It's going to be a learning curve for everybody. Um, they don't know what to expect from me. I don't know what to expect from them. So it'll be fun. Um, we'll get a little bit better each day. I would assume the exhibition, along with the practice, and even the non-conference slate this year is really, more than anything else, a test laboratory, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, we Day one, we won't end up on the same shape that we do when we play um, Missouri State at the end of the conference season. Um, it'll look different just because there'll be moving parts, nothing set in stone. Um, I want flexibility. I want to put the best 11 players that are going to give us a chance to win the game on the field. Um, and that might look different. Players have different skill sets. Players have different strengths. So finding what we need in each game, but also building our identity and saying, okay, this is how we want to play. How can we affect the opponent? How can they change for us? What can we do to them to cause them a problem? Um, and It'll be a fun process. Uh, hopefully our performance stays consistent. That's one of the biggest things that I look for because we want to build that identity. We want to establish ourselves and know what it wants 
and know what we want to look like in all four moments of the game. So keeping those those key principles while we're playing, um, despite having player changes, that's why the language and understanding the game is so important to me, um, making sure that the players understand that as well. You have full expectation that sleep will be at a premium, I would think, over the next few weeks, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, my sleep my sleep schedule has definitely changed a lot. I've been uh, waking up at 4 a.m., not by choice, um, but I have not been able to go back to sleep. So uh, between 4 and 6, when I finally decide to get up, has been a little bit tough for me. Uh, hopefully hopefully the sleeping uh, will we'll find some, some good sleep here going forward. <laughs> we mentioned your first collegiate coaching position was here at Illinois State back in 2016, just out of college. Obviously, your philosophy, your skill set have all changed over those six years in professional coaching, now entering your seventh. As you go into it this year, especially with the variables involved and taking over a new program, kind of how do you measure success? Not only maybe by December of this year, but then maybe two, three years down the line. What, what's a successful program, in your opinion, these days? Success for me this fall will look different than it will moving forward um, just because it might not translate to results. So going back to the language, having players understand the four moments of the game and what we want to do within each moment, if they can verbalize it back to us. Now I know that they're learning and they understand what we're trying to do. We might not be able to technically execute this fall, um, but that's something that we'll look to do with our recruiting classes moving forward, bringing in the players who have those capabilities, maybe Not saying that our players right now won't have them, but it'll be a little bit different. It'll be a learning curve. So finding the right puzzle pieces that fit where um, players will play in different positions and things like that. It'll be more of a learning curve for that fall. Um, And then looking at the success moving forward is how can we get the best players in? Um, We want players to come in and make an impact right away. I want people to be able to contribute and um, help us win games. So whatever your skill set is, if you're effective, we're going to find a way to get you on the field to play. It's going to translate to results hopefully in 23 and 24. We'll challenge ourselves against some of the best teams in the Midwest and hopefully solidify our identity along the way. But having that structure, that organization for me this first fall, that's going to be the biggest thing. Um, Hopefully by the end, our, our performance is pretty consistent and we can win some games and that will translate moving forward for the future with the players that we bring in. Coach, best of luck this fall and I look forward to it. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. That's Marissa Kresge, new head soccer coach here at Illinois State. Redbirds will open the exhibition season next Monday night, August 8th, against SIU Edwardsville, 6 p.m. at the Adelaide Street Field. And then the regular season home opener comes your way on Sunday, August 21st, when the Redbirds take on Eastern Michigan at 1 o'clock. We'll be back with more on In the Nest right after this timeout. The Illinois State Volleyball team is ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Come out and support new head coach Allie Matters and the Volleyball Redbirds for just $65 and lock in your seats for all 12 home matches. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000. Welcome back to In the Nest. Don't forget the annual Redbird Fanfare takes place this Friday night, August 5th at 5 p.m. outside of Hancock Stadium in parking lot G73. The Redbird Fanfare is designed for kids and will feature student-athletes and staff from Illinois State's 19 varsity sports teams. The event will include a ton of interactive activities and games. Then at 6.30, 
Fans can head into Hancock Stadium for a free screening of the Academy Award-winning film Encanto that will play in the video board. Concession stands on the east side of Hancock Stadium will be open. Free parking is available in lots adjacent to the stadium, and fans are encouraged to bring blankets or sleeping bags to watch the movie on the turf. The next Monday night, August 8th, fans can get a sneak peek at the Redbird soccer team as Marissa Kresge's squad opens the exhibition season at 6 p.m. against SIU Edwardsville at the Adelaide Street Field. Season tickets for Redbird football and volleyball are on sale now. You can purchase your tickets online at GoRedbirds.com or by calling the Redbird ticket office at 309-438-8000. And finally, make plans to join us for the football kickoff luncheon on Wednesday, August 17th inside the Aaron Leach Club. Head football coach Brock Spack will be joined by his staff as well as Redbird football student-athletes. Head volleyball coach Allie Matters will be the special guest for the afternoon. Tickets are on sale now for just $20. You can register online at goredbirds.com slash promotions and use the promo code KICKOFF22 or by calling the Redbird ticket office at 309-438-8000. That'll put a wrap on this week's episode for Redbird soccer coach Marissa Kresge and our entire crew. This is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next week right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.